Hello, ladies and gentlemen and snakes and the incredibly loud hum of my laptop fan. Welcome to another episode <laughs> of Confession Session. Woo! Confession Session. First of all, before we even get started with our intros, happy new year. It's a new 2021, year. 2021, ladies. Yeah. 2021, gents. Here's hoping it's marginally better. Just marginally, marginally, like minimally, just like a little bit. We'll no world wars so far, knock wood. Oh my gosh, let's not even get into that. Let's <laughs> not even touch that. Just tracking progress <laughs> too, soon, black. too soon to say. <laughs> we are barely a week in and it is really too soon to say. It's true. It is it is January 5th as of this recording. <sighs> so the the year lies in front of us. Uh, so much potential. Uh, I am host number one, uh, who over my time off over the past week went on an insane Muppets binge, uh, watching <laughs> Muppet Treasure Island, which is incredible, Muppet Christmas Carol, which is incredible, Muppets in Space. Uh, and literally, <laughs> just yesterday, remember that the movie Muppet Classic Theater exists, specifically <laughs> the Rumpelstiltskin section, specifically the incredible song from that sketch that is now stuck in my head and probably will be for the entirety of 2021. I will <laughs> sing it. If we don't get immediately copyright claim. Let's get a little snippet. Let's just get a little snippet. Gotta get that name. Gotta get that name. Gotta get that name. Gotta get that. We gotta get it. Name. Gotta get that name. Gotta get that name. Gotta get that. We gotta get it. We've got to get that name. We've got to get that name. Gotta get that name. And the head, the like head movement, which none of you can see is really important. So I can, I can attest she's doing it and she's doing it expertly. Do like she's crushing it. One with the Mups. That's, I'm a Muppet. I'm host number one, <laughs> your Muppet friend. Oh, I'm so happy to have a Muppet friend. It's all I've wanted in my life. I am host number two, now with Muppet friend. Um, <laughs> also, you know, the one in my early 30s who can't really figure out who's letting me do all this stuff. Do I need a parent's signature to have a child? Do I need a parent's signature to order dinner later? I feel like I should. Who's letting me do these things? No one, and that's terrifying. <laughs> God help us all. <laughs> we are unsupervised toddlers, and no one should have let us out alone. <laughs> it's so true. It's frightening. So, in another one of our smooth transitions, which we're, you know, I, I don't know how we could possibly get better than uh, the transitions <laughs> that we currently have. But well, they're incredible. We could try in the new year to get even better than we already are. Um <laughs> Wanted to start things off on a totally unrelated topic, but a topic that is near and dear to my heart that I have talked about for years and years that I I adore deeply. And it's something that I would like to call the frying pan theory. Yes. It's my, I think, as far as I'm aware, my own invention. Sorry if anyone else thought about this already. So I feel like this happens to a lot of us where you work at a place and either your direct supervisor or their supervisor or the leaders of the company just act and make decisions that just are mind-boggling to you not like oh oh i think we could go this way and they're going that way and i see how they might feel about that but just making decisions that seem to make absolutely no sense for the business or their jobs just proclaiming things to be like that is going to make it manifest for some reason <laughs> and just doing things that just like make actually no sense and make you wonder how they got into that job. So <laughs> this is where the frying pan theory comes in. So what I've decided is there's two possible options. Okay. Uh, either 
once you get promoted above a certain level, so let's say, I don't know, senior director or director or whatever, you were told like the secret to the universe that none of us peons could ever possibly understand. Like that book, I can't remember the name of it that at least I had to read. And I think a lot of us had to read where it's like the dots and the lines versus the three-dimensional cubes. And it's like mathy, mm -hmm. but it's also talking about the different dimensions, how the dots don't have any conception of the line and the line can't possibly understand what a cube is. So like, we just can't fathom what the secret of the universe is that would make them behave so irrationally to us that is actually totally rational. We just can't we can't get our heads around it. Or the more likely option, in my opinion, is that as soon as you get promoted to director, somebody walks up behind you, bashes you upside the head with a frying pan, <laughs> thus messing with your brain cells a little bit. And so you start making decisions that make no sense because that is literally the only thing it could possibly be. And I, I don't understand. I mean, what else could possibly happen between birth and high level? <laughs> That makes you radically change. Like everyone that. else that I work with who isn't above that level doesn't do this. Yeah, I have never worked with anyone who does this. I've worked with people who like aren't good at their jobs or who don't do their jobs. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just like <laughs> being like, yes, this is something we're going to do. I am making this decision, <laughs> and it is, pardon my French, batshit insane. <laughs> hey, it seems like three, all three of the members of our team have an opinion and that opinion is opinion a therefore i'm going to go with opinion c which is barely <laughs> qualifies as an opinion and isn't is literally not feasible and how do you expect this to to happen i guess you just <laughs> like hope that if you say it three times it will just appear <laughs> beetlejuice and, and business decisions <laughs> beetlejuice and business decisions okay if that's not a book someone needs to write it okay <laughs> Beetlejuice and business decisions, handbook <laughs> for managers. Like, I, oh my gosh. And that was rule number one. If you say something three times, it becomes true. It's hard stop. <laughs> the hard stop at the end is the most important part. <laughs> oh, and you God. just point your finger and uh, it happens. Someone figures out how to maybe make it happen. To the detriment. I just, I feel like I've seen this happen so so often in so many jobs that there has to be, there has to be some like a guiding reason behind it. Yes. A hundred percent concur. And I think you're onto something. I do think brain damage is a key component <laughs> of the horrors that lie. So the frying pan theory, everyone, don't steal. I will come for you. <laughs> yeah, that's it's trademark. Trademark, host number one, convention session, <laughs> The Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> the Muppet. And that, again, this is January 5th, 2021. This was trademarked. Yes. This is owned. <laughs> yeah, it kind of it kind of makes me think, too. So, like, you have these people, to your point, right? You have these people who suddenly out of nowhere are making these batshit insane decisions who also sort of don't, like, you're wondering sometimes, how did they get into the place where they are like they're coming from i'm trying to think of a good fake example for us let's say that like they were senior manager of a candy store and they were like so good with the smarties and i don't know why smarties they're not the best candy um but they're you know so so hot with what's that so, and then suddenly they're like oh you know what i think i'm going to run a record industry and they're just promoted straight to director of the record industry because they managed somewhere else once 
what is that? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you used to hear all these stories about how, like, oh, like Joe McJoerson like started in the mailroom and worked his way up. And I've honestly felt like those are now few and far between. But those are the ones who are the best leaders because they have any kind of conception of what other people in lower levels do. And I don't mean you don't need look, you don't need to know the details. Oh. I don't know the details of what a lot of people do, but just having an understanding that like doing anything takes more than five minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's a basic concept that many feel like, to grasp. I'm not a graphic designer. But to all the graphic designers who are listening, and all the graphic design snakes who are listening, I'm so sorry, because the number of times all the time. People are just like, yeah, like, can you do it tomorrow? No. <laughs> if I don't sleep, maybe I can maybe get you like a starting draft. But no, I can't just snap my fingers and have this fully designed thing for you. Is that not how that works? Apparently, you just think it's a point and click. You click it and then it says, I want this. And then it just produces it. But yeah, you and you know, I feel like I see... I see some value in sort of people bringing a diverse set of experiences from other jobs, oh, but I course. think it's becoming a much rarer breed of that kind of person who says, Hey, well, I have experience in X and I can pull like this element of that into this job because it looks like the overlap would be kind of cool or just, Oh, we did it this way in my last job and we're doing it this way in this job. And like, let's, that's, learning and, and being different. It seems like most people now who are hired in, they're just like, I did it at, you know, this way at that place. And so we're doing it that way at this place. I don't care if it works here or not, but we did it that way at that place when I was there. Therefore, it must be good. Absolutely. You do see this a lot in um, like editorial. Like you see someone who comes in from one organization where they've had a style guide or a set of rules or some way that they did and they were top at their game. So sharp. And, you know, maybe never managed a person before, but like were really sharp at what they did. It showed up into this new organization and number one, enforcing old rules that specifically no longer apply to this organization and rule two, have never managed a human in their life. So they don't know how people work and they don't know how the style guide works, but they edited successfully once somewhere. So they're your guy. Like you do see it. <laughs> you see it. Yeah. Or again, the people who are like, this is how I like... Pardon, again, pardon my French, fuck the style guide. This is what I know to be right. Therefore, this is how I'm going to do it. You yes. be damned that you have to then share it with other people. I'm not letting this go out unless I change it to be the way I want. Yes, yes. Preach it. So, yeah, it's 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 frustrating. And I, you know, maybe that is a component of the frying pan theory. But, uh, you know, I haven't worked that one out yet. Still working, <laughs> still working on the sub theorem of that. There's a theorem. connection, though. I see where you're going. I do see. Yeah, I just something I've heard a lot, and I think unfortunately this group of people uh, is the one that tends to get hired into these kinds of high level roles. No disrespect <laughs> to my MBA brethren, but uh and you know a lot of them don't uphold the stereotype right every nothing can be truly like it's a blanket statement and nothing's 100 percent true but there is a known sort of mba stereotype of that mba grad who gets hired and walks in and just like well i got my mba like i know everything there is to know 
I know how to do this job better than all of you who've been working here for anywhere from two to 2000 years, screw you. And so I think, yeah. you know, there might be a little bit of sort of that residual attitude, less so maybe like, I, you know, I know everything there is to know about business because I went to business school, but like that kind of attitude, I worked at X, therefore everything that I did there was perfect. And so let's just point blank, apply it here. And even honestly, it doesn't even have to happen in different industries. It can be in the same industry. Like mm -hmm. not all industry companies are exactly the same. Yes, mm -hmm. they have the same or similar customers, but even then they might not be the same. So you can't go from one and be like, well, we did this and that, and we're gonna do it here. Sometimes, mm -hmm. <laughs> but that requires like one iota of critical thinking and like <laughs> stepping back and like saying, hey, like, is this the right, is this the right thing to do? Does it make sense? Should I perhaps consult with, again, the people that I, I guess I just wanted to sort of bark orders at, not smart people that I thought were competent, who I wanted to work with and or for, um, who I can learn from and who have a lot to contribute. No, no, no. They're just sort of my like little minions that I, I demand do things for me. I don't want to do that. That would be too hard. You know what it sounds like you're describing to me? What? The white man in business. Oh, shit. <laughs> Is this attitude rooted in patriarchy? Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> the patriarchy at work. <laughs> Behold. I won't say lone because there's thousands of them. Behold, one of the many thousands of straight white men employed at the business office. <laughs> Often in a higher position than they perhaps deserve. Making decisions that don't make sense and bossing around everyone else. Don't ask them to explain themselves or simply back up what they're saying. <laughs> Because they'll get mad. Sorry, I don't know if that was supposed to be like a David Attenborough Perfect. thing. It wasn't a David Attenborough thing. It was uh, a, a Muppet interpretation. <laughs> but it was an excellent Muppet Attenborough. It was excellent. That's that's flying off the shelves when we film thank it. Thank you. Thank no you. No question. Thank you. The, the straight, straight to DVD coming to your logo, Blockbuster. <laughs> oh, Blockbuster. <laughs> oh, no. I'm so sorry. I'm derailing this entirely. <laughs> You know, we, we, we are, I am, take a moment, a moment for Blockbuster, because now that I'm thinking about it, some of my best memories, some of my weirdest memories, everything I like about the horror genre is because I saw it on a weird cover in a Blockbuster and oh, I yeah. needed to know more. I've, oh, I've, well, okay. Not everything, but my first foray into the realm of like, ooh, this is actually a weird anime. Definitely happened at Blockbuster. <laughs> I so can like thank picture you for it. That. <laughs> Thanks for the Ooh, memories. This cover looks nice. Oh, <laughs> you didn't write that on the back. <laughs> I feel like that is not hardly a unique experience to me. I've, I've, I'm sure I've heard this from many other people before. <laughs> or just, you know, if you want the vanilla version, like me and my friend trying to convince her mom to let us rent, uh, was it like scary movie or something? We were nine. Oh, yeah. And, her being strongly against it and that wasn't going to work despite have, us saying but it's a comedy <laughs> i have a very vivid memory of something like this um how at my local blockbuster do you howard stern had come out with a movie called private parts and it was a, a comedy it was a comedy um but the cover is like kind of just what you would expect it to be like mm -hmm. very risque mm -hmm. um 
And every time I went into the store, I don't even think I was interested in seeing the movie. Every time I went into the store, I picked it up and walked it over to my mother and said, can we rent this? <laughs> and every time she <laughs> said no. <laughs> I admire the, the uh, perseverance. <laughs> it's so vivid in my head, him just like standing there and my mother being like, why? <laughs> why are you attacking me with this? No, we're not watching private parts. <laughs> Oh, Blockbuster. <laughs> uh, R.I.P. Blockbuster. I don't know that I want to say gone too soon, but gone. <laughs> gone, period. Gone, period. <laughs> Not forgotten. <laughs> so, uh, making a, uh, a sharp three-point turn back, uh, but not forgotten to our to our original following topic <laughs> semi related to the frying pan theory but semi not just uh have you also noticed how not all men calm down but a majority <laughs> a lot enough to make me kvetch mm -hmm. about it mm -hmm. tend to do uh what seems like the bare fucking minimum at work mm -hmm. get no flack for it demand to be praised for it and then uh, get really crybaby if anyone so much as like looks at them the wrong way, like goes crying oh. to anyone who will listen. Preach it. Preach it. Yes. A hundred percent. What is that? Which can you just, this is that last part. Can you imagine if as again, a, a woman or a woman presenting female presenting human uh, decided to even like think about doing that? Like, I can't comprehend complaining to my manager about any anybody. I always, it's like, how can I possibly couch this to make it not about, like, them? Mm -hmm. You always have to make it about yourself, right? Yes. Like, how do I, how do I turn this around and make it, like, not like I'm doing bad, but, like, how can I be a better listener? How can I better communicate versus, like, hey, this dipshit is being an <laughs> asshole or just like, Hey, this dude like doesn't respond to my emails and doesn't do any work and just throws me under the bus. So we're supposed to be teammates. How should mm -hmm. I deal with that? We can't do that. No. But, but men folk can be like, man, she said mean things to me, which by the way, that mean thing is like, have a good day. And it was nighttime and they didn't like that. They said day instead of nighttime. Oh yeah. Or like it ended in a period and they were like, Oh, they didn't use an She didn't use an exclamation point. She's mad at me. Yeah. Like what? I just, how the freedom that it must, that, that men must have to just continue those like toddler like instincts, you know? Cause I was like, well, when we were all little. We all did that. Like, man, don't sure. hit me. Don't be like, you know, oh, I don't know. If, I don't know that I ever got the like prim and proper language, but it's just like, how did they never grow out of that? I, it's, it's insane to me. You're absolutely right. Like, and like, all I can picture at, in your description, like I just keep picturing this vivid image of my head of a toddler with an Excel sheet and they wrote their first and last name in an Excel sheet. I don't know from kids. So maybe that is actually impressive. I don't know. But this kid <laughs> it comes up, comes up to you and says like, oh, I wrote my name in this spreadsheet. But that person, that toddler is secretly 40. Like, what are you bragging about? Do you can did you it? <laughs> I built this. Can you fill it out? Kid, you're asking me to do your homework. <laughs> I don't have time. I'd rather sit here. I'd rather use my time to whine about it. 
I also, this reminds me of something else that happened to a good friend of mine, I think like a year or more, you know, was in a meeting where God forbid she had the audacity to maybe like disagree with a male in the room on something. Uh, and I think at the end of it, the one man in the room was like, oh, you know, thanks everybody. I know this was a difficult conversation when in innumerable other meetings, when like another man and I don't even, this is not like a harsh contradiction. I don't work at a place where people active, I know that can happen. I don't work at a place where, where people like actively come at each other. I don't think she works at a place where people actively come at each other. Sure. Is, you know, perfectly civil. But like when the woman had, you know, feedback of any kind that wasn't just like, oh, yes, sir. Great idea, sir. That's a great idea. It's like, oh, I know this was a difficult conversation, but a man can do it because then it's just, oh, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not a man. I don't know. Is it just we're having manly talk and it's fine? <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a born leader because I'm a man. And so whatever I say, it's, it's great. Speaking of, because again, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, doesn't, don't men seem to get very, they seem, seem to get pretty irritated when they feel slighted by a woman, not by a man, right? Because a mm -hmm. lot of these complaints, and again, I mean, complaints of like, she said, have a nice day and it was nighttime. It's always like, this lady said that. Or Miss So-and-so said that. Or I got an email from this woman who I work with who said this thing. I'm just realizing yeah. that now. I don't know that I've ever heard someone complain who's a man about another man doing some stupid, yes, it's stupid, some, some stupid perceived slight that isn't actually real. You're right. I can't think of a single case. But we are over-fucking-reacting if we look a little stressed at work one day. Oh, God forbid you show someone that you have an extra thing on your plate and need quiet time to focus on it because you might be overwhelmed. We you don't get to be overwhelmed. We will get legitimately rude emails and have to figure out a nice way to fucking reply. Mm -hmm. But you get a nice email and write an angry email to your manager or to all of your friends because <laughs> your feelings were hurt about something they said that they didn't actually say. Yeah, yeah, slash, you know... When you have someone who is, hey, I need you. Do you have a second? Hey, I want to tell you about my feelings. Do you have a second? Like, what are you doing right now? How come you're not texting me back all day? How come you don't respond to me? Always the man to the woman. If I have a question for a colleague, I will submit the question and wait <laughs> for the response. And I, it's always, in my experience too, the male to female. Like, never does a woman rush me for an answer. Right. And I, and I feel like the generally the women that I've worked with, and yeah, I agree with you, not rush for an answer or they'll caveat, right? They'll just say, Hey, could use this thing. But if you're in the middle, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Or if it is serious, they'll just tell you. Yes. They'll just yeah. say, Hey, I need something by tomorrow morning. But then they often, because again, we're women and we feel like we have to apologize for everything half the time apologize for it. Mm -hmm. Whereas men go around demanding things be done at the last minute with barely any apologies constantly. But yeah, I guess it's just like, I don't, what is, is it biologically? No. Is it, is it, is it genetically? What is it that just causes men to sort of never stop acting like toddlers? Good question. It is an excellent question. And I, you know, think ladies have the right idea here. Just gonna say it. <laughs> I, I don't think I would want to do that in the way that a man does. No. 
So why are they doing it? might feel like doing it. Oh, yeah. I feel like doing it all the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> the uncontrolled chaos of a man's world. Oh, yeah, that is uh, the one benefit of working remote that I will have to quickly unlearn, cussing under my breath, saying things out loud that I <laughs> am perfectly allowed to say in my own home, but perhaps shouldn't say <laughs> when working around other people. I understand. I understand. But yeah, you're right. What is it? Why Why don't men age? Why don't, why don't, <laughs> what is this whole illusion of these grown well, ass adults? Well, I mean, I think, I think we can all agree, uh, segueing so very smoothly into our next speaking point that we're all just grown ass toddlers. Some of <clears> us <throat> just know how to hide it better. That's true. That is true. I do still feel 18. We're all just in like, infants wandering around which i think because we were talking about this the other day i was i happened to be scrolling through like really ancient photos and it's like man you were a baby it was you were in high school you thought you were an adult your parents let you go places by yourself who let this toddler outside and then even after i graduated college like in college you really feel like all right like i'm you know kind of an adult and i do my own stuff i drive around campuses uh, and it's just like, who let these toddlers on their own? They're living with, they're living alone with <laughs> other toddlers. They still have peach fuzz. <laughs> and, then, and then they graduate and someone pays the money to do a job. And here we all are. Yeah. <laughs> we are those children. We, we look a little older, but we're still toddlers. Still just as confused. Still just as terrified. <laughs> who, who is giving I, us the right? I, I feel like. That's that's the like urban dictionary definition of imposter syndrome, right? We're all <laughs> toddlers in adult suits. Just kind of waddling around trying to figure it out. Yes, and just the older you are, the more toddlers you're you are tall in that suit. Oh my god. Oh I, wow. It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and sometimes I mean you have the kids that hit a growth spurt, then they're just like really big toddlers. Mm -hmm. You know? Yes, or two toddlers in one trench coat. <laughs> the number of times that I felt like two toddlers in a trench coat is more than <laughs> ten, at least. Well, I think we're onto something there. I think maybe that is adulthood. I think you're right. Oh, there is no all-knowing moment in life. I think that's. And I guess secret. if you if you think about, I think especially when you pair it with just how I think we see a lot of men folk behave in the workplace mm -hmm. um, and this is a topic for another time but i think honestly also look not to to sh <laughs> shed an our half for a minute uh how <laughs> well a lot of women treat other women mm. uh which is a separate topic you know i think that i think it kind of proves our 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 point yes it's, how we all envision adults to be that we all think we're pretending to be is clearly not what we are based on how we behave in front of other people and to other people it's, it's an excellent point. Yeah, it's very different. It's very different inside. <sighs> but, you know, just trying to fake it better every day. <laughs> like they say, fake it till you make it. And <laughs> one day maybe we'll make it. But here's 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 maybe maybe a way to wrap our heads around all this. We are today a year older, a year maybe an extra toddler taller than we were in 2020. We graduated to the big boy and girl diapers, let me tell you. We have, and we have been through the ringer. We have seen what cannot be unseen. We've seen some dark <laughs> shit. And I shouldn't, like, I, I shouldn't be laughing about it. I think uh, 
a large proportion of us have defaulted to laughing to hear from spiraling into insanity. Yes. Just the darkness that surrounds literally everything in that entire year. <laughs> Gonna laugh to keep from crying. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's, you know, we're coming into an interesting era um, with inauguration day right around the corner too. If girl, if we make it there before that world war you were talking about, yeah. <laughs> we have to. We need something to come out of this. <laughs> like rise from the ragged ashes with at very least a new president, <laughs> a new yeah. vice president. And I feel like I feel like to to not entirely shift gears, but I feel like one way that we can maybe uh I don't want to say distract ourselves from what may or may not happen. Uh, even uh, uh, Georgia. That's all I'm going to say about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not. You didn't hear it. Didn't even say it. Hear what? Um, no, exactly. You know what? What might be good to end is uh, jumping back to something that I think we were thinking about talking about in the beginning that I so rudely skipped over. It says we enter as we enter this new year full of uh, immeasurable terrors, but also immeasurable uh, possibilities and opportunities. Yes. Um, in, in honor of this year, uh, 2021, we should, we should say, like, what are uh, maybe a couple of things we learned when we were 21? Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Things when I was 21, I'm going to skip the obvious one because <laughs> a lot of us oh, learned. Oh, don't worry, I won't. <laughs> Please, after you, I, I think you should. I think you should start it. So, hey, y'all. Uh, one of the big things that I learned when I was twenty-one is there, in fact, is a limit to the amount of alcohol you can drink before becoming too drunk to stand. I know you think you're not a lightweight, and the reality is, at that point, you are probably not. In my case, but there is still a limit. <laughs> the limit exists. You will remember the point at which you cross that limit. <laughs> And you will be mercilessly mocked by your loving friends ever afterwards. <laughs> but yeah, that is a big, important 21 life lesson. Really, truly it is. I think, you know, in the spirit of our podcast, something that I wish I had learned earlier, but I'm glad to know now, kind of relates to your point about the way sometimes women treat women. The flip side of that, which is that women are some of your best friends sometimes. We are conditioned to like really just like when I was 20, I was I wasn't mean, but I was very intimidated. I was always threatened because I was like not not the loudest one, not the smart. You know what I mean? I'm just kind of a wallflower. But then, in, you know, entering into my 30s, I'm realizing that the best people in my life are either women or, you know, women presenting. Um, I also want to say some are gender non-binary, but they're not men. I'll tell you that. And <laughs> that's something that I wish... <laughs> I had learned to stand in that corner earlier. I like that. I feel like sort of building on that related to sort of being more like outreaching and being more comfortable making those and having those kinds of friends because they are really valuable. Mm -hmm. um, and I agree with you. I wasn't, I was definitely that kind of kid who I think had sometimes more guy friends than girlfriends. And I was like, yep. oh, I'm not like other girls, which, oh mm -hmm. my God, if I could go back in time and slap myself across the face, I absolutely would. Both um, of us. <laughs> but I guess 
you know, the, 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 the number, th- our collective number three that I think I, I think would be a great one to end on is you can do anything you want mm-hmm. if you do it with confidence. And I feel yeah. like that's something that straight white men, especially know intuitively, they don't have to mm-hmm. think about it. They just do it. You can do anything you want mm-hmm. if you do it with confidence. That you have to insight. feel confident. You have to present confidence. In the words of my father, it's not a matter of how you feel. It's about how you look. And you look marvelous. Yes. <laughs> so aspire. Aspire to be like the inner straight white man in all of us. <laughs> which who is certainly difficult for a great many people for a great variety of ways. But just, you know. <laughs> I would say, I guess, you know, on a more on a more macro scale, even if you don't feel like you're capable of doing something, you're confident to do something, even outside of the sort of straight white man, hilarious, true joke, <laughs> just like you can yes. and believe in yourself. And I think you're going to come out having done whatever that thing was, whether it was, you know, texting a friend or giving a presentation or uh, deciding to do 10 jumping jacks. You're going to be like, hot damn, I did it. Heck yeah, and like that's gonna that's gonna feel so good and you have that in you to do whatever it is you want beautiful so. that is beautiful <laughs> sloppy life lessons from our sloppy 21 <laughs> time of life without that sloppy time we wouldn't be these sloppy 30 somethings oh boy sloppy 30s are a mess but <laughs> we're here now <laughs> We're here now and we're well aware of our alcohol limits. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing. It is a good thing. <laughs> uh, well, you lovely, beautiful, wonderful, confident listeners and snakes. Especially I hope you the have. Snakes. Especially the snakes. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> I, I, I hope you have a marvelous week ahead. I hope you're all doing okay hang in there and just you know know you you can do it move boldly through your world this week you deserve that you have earned that bye bye everybody bye